For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So a donut, a Krispy Kreme donut, walks into a church. A fresh one, right? And approaches the pastor. Excuse me, Reverend, the Krispy Kreme donut says. This really happened. <laughs> I don't mean to trouble you, but I'm very interested in joining the clergy, becoming a pastor. And I was hoping you could give me some pointers. Set me up. The pastor, after taking a moment to accept the fact that he's speaking with a pastry, offers a warm smile and said, well, this is a noble calling. Most frequently, individuals who wish to become preachers begin by growing active in their church. And, and then after that, and he can see that the, the donut had a sweet spirit, right? He could... After that, you would attend a seminary. And then while in attendance, the would-be clergy members, they would excel in every regard, reaffirming their beliefs, devoting themselves to a path of righteousness. And when the time comes, you'll be given license to preach as a preacher. Maybe have your own church as a pastor. And the donut kind of scratches his head. I don't know how he does it, but you know, just... Donut says, well, that sounds like a very involved process, but, you know, I'm a donut. I don't have the time. I get stale in a few days. Is there a, a quicker process? And the, the preacher said, don't mind me asking, but what made you think you could join the clergy if you're not willing to make a commitment to the process? And the donut kind of shrugs and says, well, look at me. I'm holy. <laughs> I would like to preach on the thought of a message. So a lot of people, if you talk to them, they know what the church is against. They know the church doesn't believe in this. They know that the church doesn't believe in that. They know that the church is against this and the church is against the other. But I would like to preach kind of starting a series of messages for three Sundays what the church is for. You know, that I think that that's what we need to be. We need to be, Jesus was even crucified on a plus sign. We don't need to be negative. We need to be positive. So I want to look at three things that the Apostle Paul said. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So I'd like to look at three things. This Sunday, I want to, Preach on the thought of a message for righteousness. For righteousness. In the book of Romans, chapter 14, there was a disagreement among church members. They were arguing over whether it was okay to eat meat. And then there were new Christians who were weak in the faith that were arguing, saying, it's not right to eat meat. And they were beginning to argue amongst one another. And it's not the same as today. It wasn't for health reasons where people say I'm vegetarian or a vegan or something like that. But it was that there were certain types of meat that were not allowed to be eaten by the Jews. And we're not under those dietary restrictions. But new Christians don't know that. And furthermore, a lot of the meat in those days, you would buy it. But guess what? 
it was sacrificed to an idol. So they would actually kill this thing and offer it to some pagan deity and then go sell it for hamburgers, okay? So when you went to buy it, you didn't know if it was some idol worshippers leftovers and new Christians got very serious and like, well, is this right or is this wrong? So they had doubtful disputations and there was arguing and there was division in the church. And Paul said, hey, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. That's not what we're against and talking about. He said, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So let's look at this thing, righteousness. You know, righteousness, what does it mean anyway? It means equitable. It means the same as. By implication, innocent, holy. You know when a baby is born, they don't have a criminal record. You know, your baby didn't come out saying, I'm a bad baby, big stogie in their mouth, beard stubble, okay? Babies aren't like that. They have no history. They have no search history on Google. There's no rap sheet. But the Bible said when Jesus talked to Nicodemus, he said, ye must be born again. And if you translate it from the Greek, it means to be born from above. You need to be spiritually uh, redone, if you please. Job said, I know it is of a truth, but how should a man be just with God? How is this thing done? Now, if we read the paper, uh, uh, paper, man, who gets the paper? I used to. I used to get the paper. You, hear, you know, you hear it hit your front door. It was the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and I like, I don't know if I was the only guy in the apartments. Did you know anyone else that got the paper in our apartments? But I, and I was like, man, it's a long drive to deliver one paper. I mean, I hope you're getting paid something. And, uh, but we read on the news and it's very evident that this world needs something. If you read the news, it's not sunshine and rainbows. It's not unicorns and sprinkles, is it? But people are doing things to people that are not convenient. People are treating ways that we shouldn't treat people. But I'm thankful that God gives us a message. He said the kingdom of God is about righteousness. Now, first thing is restoration. Now, something needs to happen to people. And that thing is a restoration. This little kid came home from Sunday school, said to his mom, Mom, I learned God's name. And he's like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, little five-year-old kid. So what's God's name? And she said, we learned it in children's church. What is it? Andy. Said, Andy? So that's his name. He said, what do you mean Andy? Well, we learned this song. Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me, and he tells me I'm his own. But you know that that's exactly where the righteousness of God starts with. It is a person, and it's a restoration of a walk. The Bible said in the, uh, in the book of Genesis that God made man. And God made woman. He made him out of the dust of, his, dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. And then the Bible said that they were naked and they were not ashamed. Because, and they were with God. There was nothing between them and God. They were innocent. They were righteous. 
And God said, I got one rule. Man, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, no one even knows what the law is. You know, have you ever been driving and you go, honey, what's the speed limit? Because you know it changes, right? And you're like, I don't know. I haven't seen a sign for a while. Amen. I know because I've gotten uh, uh, temporarily stopped for doing the wrong number. (laughs) So what do you mean? Well, you'll see. (laughs) But the Bible said I got, he said I have one thing. You know, love untested is love unproved. People can say I love you, but it's the life that shows it. And so God said, out of all the trees of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Have it your way. Like Burger King, right? You can have it your way. He said, but in the tree of the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You'll lose your righteousness. Now, the Bible said that we read the account. It didn't take very long. That, you know how I know it wasn't very long? They didn't even have any kids yet. I mean, you have a perfectly created man and woman, and they're naked, and they haven't even done anything to produce a kid before the devil throws a wrench into the works, right? And the Bible said that he came in and can kind of confused the wife, and then uh, the Bible said that she took of that fruit, and ate of it, and her eyes were open, knowing good and evil. And then the Bible said she gave it to Dummy, who was standing right next to her. Now, if she had eaten of it, now there was a very small portion of time when woman had eaten of the tree and man hadn't. You know what Adam could have said? Ooh, God, I got more ribs. <laughs> Can you make me another one? You ever had a good rib? Make me another rib. And there would have been no damage to mankind because death was passed through the sperma or the seed of man all the way down. And it's passed through that spiritual loss, that spiritual death. When he took the bite of that fruit, the Bible said that the righteousness, that relationship was cut off between man and God. So a preacher, did he die? No, it was a spiritual death. Man still lived, but he is made up of body, of soul, and of spirit. And that spiritual plug was undone. I remember talking to this guy, and he had this uh, um, uh, a blower. What do they call it? One of those blowers, a weed blower or whatever. And so he was walking around where I used to work, and he goes, he's like fidgeting with the on-off button. He goes, does this thing work? I said, Yep. And then he, after a little while, he saw the little pigtail coming out of the back. He goes, do you have to plug it in? And I said, yep. (laughs) But he was walking around, turning it on and off. It wasn't hooked up to the power source. It was electric. Well, you know what men and women need? We need a restoration hooked back up to the power source. We sang nothing but the blood of Jesus, except this is all my righteousness. It's in Jesus Christ that when Jesus realized there was a rescue mission that needed to happen for death was passed upon all men, the Bible forecast that he would be born of what? A virgin. Because you see, it couldn't come from the seed of man. If Jesus wasn't virgin born, Jesus couldn't have been a savior. You see, he, uh, the Bible said that she was of child by the Holy Ghost. It wasn't a physical relationship. So a preacher, I read on Facebook that the Holy Ghost had sex with Mary. Great. Well, then she wouldn't have been a 
virgin. You see, we have to trust what the Word of God says. So somehow the nature of man was Put, was put into uh, Mary by her seed but the, or by her egg, but the nature of God came down from the Holy Ghost. And when Jesus came, He came to live a life that men could not live. And He came to die a death on the cross that men could not die. And that would provide a restoration. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13 and verse 38, Be it known unto you therefore men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified. Listen, from all things. Really? All things. From which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. The Bible said, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. The Bible says... That when we were without strength in Romans chapter 5, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now notice this. For scarcely for a righteous man one will die. Or will one die, excuse me. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. You know, the life is filled with love stories of someone laying down the life for a loved one or a friend or a good person. But the Bible said, but God commendeth or shows his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You know what the church is about? Righteousness. I am for righteousness. That's why preachers lift up their voice and preach Jesus Christ. That's why the word of God courses through men and women. That's why when God says something that's real, it just like, it hits you. We were talking about serving God. We were in the vestibule of Publix. You remember, you ever been to the vestibule? That little area where the water machine is and where the scale is. And it was the Publix, uh, I think, on Youngerman. And uh, so I was talking to this guy who, who was a servant of God. He was a, he was a Christian. He was excited. He went to another church, and he was sharing about how he was excited about God. And uh, he was so excited that spit was coming out of his mouth. I mean, he was just excited. Not crazy. Just excited. He was talking about how he was given of his time to... Uh, uh, minister to people and they're playing basketball with teens and everything and uh, and I was like I was excited too so we were and I was waiting for my wife who was in the store right so doing something buying, getting a deal thank God and so I said it says in the Bible I said give it says in Luke chapter 6 and it shall be given unto thee and he was living it good measure Pressed down. And then this lady came through the doors out of Publix. And she just picked up the scripture. Pressed down, shaken together and running. And she just rolled out with her shopping cart. Well, you know what? It's not my word. It's not your word. It's God's word. And if God says it's going to happen, brother, it's going to happen. If God said that my son's blood is good enough, it's 
good enough. If it's his blood that restores me, I don't need a religion. I don't need the works of the law. I don't need to do anything but trust in nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what the preaching of the gospel is for. To get men and women out from under condemnation. For there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You know, my daughter doesn't, she's not happy if she thinks I'm mad at her. She goes, but daddy, you're talking me. And I'm like, had this monotonous voice. And I'm like, oh, I am. <laughs> you know, when we break off that communication, kids know it. When we change the tone of our voice. Kids know it, wives know it, employees know it, people who are serving you at the restaurant know it. But you see, the Bible said that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. God wants the righteousness of Christ in you and me. He wants to restore us. And then he wants us to have a reality. Once you get restored, you know what I like to eat? I don't like to eat one day a week. I like to eat every day. I like coffee every day. What time of the day? Does your stomach really know what time it is anyway? What, now mine does. <laughs> but coffee is, all, coffee is always welcome. And you know what? So too with Jesus Christ. God never wanted us to be a Christian on Sunday. God wanted us to be a Christian every day. The Bible said that Paul famously wrote, he said, you know, an equal sign in math, if you write it in a word problem, it's the word is, right? If you ever write it out. He said, for to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. He said, it's a math thing. He said, I want to be a Christian and I want it to be my life. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I went home to my barracks room in the military and I was like, something happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I've never been a Christian before, but I threw out all my dirty magazines. They didn't have dirt on the outside, but the dirt was on the inside because God had taken the dirt out from the inside of my heart when I invited Jesus. And all I knew was, man, if I'm clean on the inside, I want my barracks room to be clean. I want my, my, my radio to be clean. I want my mouth to be clean. I remember that when God began to deliver me in my mouth, I began to say, God, take this out of me. Take all the cursing out of me. And guess what? God did. Because it's a reality. And I would ask people and I would, you know, kind of push up and I wouldn't ask the pastor. I'd go find a brother that would maybe give me something that I wanted to hear. Because, you know, some of the things when we change, we don't want to hear it. The pastor will show us from the Bible. Maybe I could ask his brother. He'll, you know, do me a solid and try to help me out. Thank God for good brothers. Oh, you would just listen. Brother Ken and invite me to. Oh, hmm. And he would just go that hmm. And the Holy Ghost would just speak to my heart. Yeah. I remember I was uh, dealing with the Bible study. My wife doesn't know this, but I'm going to tell on myself. But do come back to church, okay? Don't hate me. (laughs) So my wife and I, I was was, uh, praying about a Bible study. So this is Monday or something. And you can listen to it online. And uh, my my wife, I was treating her in a a certain manner, and the Lord spoke to me. 
He said, well, at least you could treat her as good as an enemy. And I was like, ooh. Because the Bible said, love your enemies. And I was like, I'm not treating my wife as good as an enemy, Lord. And you know what I did? I said, preacher, did God say that? Absolutely, he said that. And I was like, yikes, I'm going to teach it, but I'm not going to say that. Well, there you go. But you know what? Why? Because the Lord will speak to you. And you know what? If you invite Jesus in, he'll begin to deal with you on every part. You're sitting on your phone. You're clicking through something you ought not to be. God will speak to you. The preacher can be far away. The preacher can be on mute. But the Holy Ghost, that still small voice is going to boom down into your soul. Why? God, who made you right, wants to keep you right. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. That's what Paul said. Nevertheless, I live. Paul said, something happened to me. And it's not a religion. And then he said, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. This is different. And you know, people don't understand that. I don't understand that. Let me tell you. God is not my co-pilot. He's my pilot. (laughs) Amen. I'm not talking about a Honda pilot. God is my pilot. I don't want to be in the front seat. I don't want to be God's co-pilot. I don't want to be in the back seat. I'll be in the trunk, right? God just put me in the trunk. A lot of people put Jesus in the trunk. They let him out on Sundays for good behavior, right? Get out of the trunk. You can come be the driver for an hour, then get back in the trunk. and Shut the trunk. I don't even want to sit in the trunk. I, and you know what? I don't want to be one of those trunk seat drivers. You ever seen a backseat driver? Jesus, turn this way. You know, telling Jesus what to do. But you know that I'm thankful that God, I'm for the righteousness of Jesus in a reality. The Bible says, the life which I now live, I live by the, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But then he said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. He said, I'm trusting in Jesus' work on the cross for my righteousness. The song that we said, sang for nothing but the blood of Jesus, the fourth verse, it says, this is all my righteousness. And then it says, nothing but the blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians, we need the breastplate of righteousness it's the whole armor of god man when i went to the uh, place called somalia mogadishu we had these things called flak jackets okay you know what they would stop flak what's flak little pieces of metal they would get gummed up in the flak right but they weren't bulletproof vests there's a difference bullets go through flak jackets they were like vietnam era right but there was something new when we went to Somalia. They were called point-blank vests. And there were these like bulletproof vests. And they had, I believe, a carrier that went over your heart. And it had like a plate, like a steel plate or something in it. And we had never seen anything like that. And we're like, yeah, we're going to get these. So we went into Mogadishu. We didn't get them. They gave them to the infantry. But we had to wear our flak jackets. But you know what? I didn't get one down in the world, but I got one from Jesus. And then that breastplate of righteousness, it's God that's going to protect me. It's God that's going to walk with me. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. The last thing that God says, not only will he restore us, it'll be a reality, but it is a relationship. 
There's a relationship with God. You know that uh, uh, I, I remember when I was a young man, like five. And I'm going to tell you something you might be against, okay? But we're talking about for righteousness. But it was trick-or-treating. Preach, that's of the devil. Okay, I wasn't worshiping the devil. I was trying to get enough candy in my bag and then eat it before my parents got me, okay? That's what I wanted. I wasn't worshiping the devil, okay? Whether you're for or against it, look, Halloween's not a Christian holiday, okay? But that's okay. A lot of Christian holidays, a lot of holidays are Christian. It means holy day, okay? But we're not going into that. We're not, that's not what we're against. This is what happened in my life, okay? I was like five years old, and I was going trick-or-treating with my neighbors, so we were going in the rural area in Wisconsin. So you had to drive one house, drive, you know, so, so we were out of the town for some reason. We lived in town, but so we went up to this person's house and I think there were three boys in the family, my neighbor's family at the time. I don't know who came and then it was me. And so we went to their friend's house, right? And I remember they got the, you know, big candy bars. You know, you have little candy bars. Big candy bar. So I saw the big candy bars go into their bag, and then they, they didn't know me. And I, I remember, this scarred me for years. I'm still talking. About, they gave me some little dinky and put it in my bag, and I felt like, hey. I didn't say anything. I was just like, you know, thank you, sir, you know. But I was like, hey, how come I'm less than them? But you know what? When I got saved, God gave me the big candy bar. When I got saved, I realized that I'm not a red-headed stepchild. I realized that he made us accepted in the beloved. That I'm an accepted child. It's a lie of the devil that God doesn't love you. If there would be more that God could have done for you, he would have done it. The Bible said that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ. You know that I, I like buying gifts and uh, for my wife and daughter. Well, I like giving. I just like it. I just like go up and give stuff to like strangers. I'm like, Emma, you want to give something to this little girl that walks to school? She's like, okay. Well, we had some Matchbox cars, uh, Hot Wheels here. And so I, I just, you know, we missed him. So I gave it. The father was walking with the daughter. I said, hey, little girl, Emma wants to give you this. We just like it. But you know that I don't wait for birthdays and uh, Christmas to buy my, my wife and daughter a gift. If I feel like going to get a bicycle, we'll go get a bicycle. If I, get, well, I want to get my wife an iPad, I get her an iPad. Oh, she's holding it, right? Why? I just love it. You know, God doesn't wait till Sunday to bless us. God can bless us on a Monday. God can bless us on a Tuesday. Why? I've got a relationship with God. Man, I've got a prayer up to God right now. I believe that God answers prayers. I believe that he hears us. How? In the name of Jesus. It's that name of Jesus. That's what God hears. When he looks down and he sees not you, not your past. He sees the blood of his son. He sees forgiveness. He sees a new creature in Christ. I'm about done, but look, I'm over time. And my wife comes to the piano. The Bible says, what things were gained to me, I counted lost for Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, I'm for righteousness. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. My Lord. It's a relationship. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things.
and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Man, that's a focus. And be found in him, the apostle said, we're preaching on the thought of for righteousness, not having mine own righteousness. I don't come to God with things that I've done. I come to God with things that Christ has done. That's the only way, brethren. Yes, my life changes, but it's because of Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's that faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And I'm about to to close, but I was thinking this morning about preaching and and I thought about this, this song that this sister would sing, Sister Keckle. I said, preacher, why do you call people sister and brother? What's her name? Well, her first name is Tanya, but I call her sister because we have the same father. Who? God. That's why I call Reverend Patterson brother. So I call you know, people brother and sister. It's not because, yeah, well, I'm gonna leave, leave right there. You can make a lot of funny, funny jokes in the South, okay? But she sang this this altar call song, and I remember, and let me just read you the words. It says, how about your heart? Is it right with God? That's the thing that counts today. Is it black by sin? Is it pure within? And then it said, could you ask Christ in to stay? People often see you as you are outside, but Jesus really knows for he sees inside. How about your heart? Is it right with God? That's the thing that counts today.